Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us today. The flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning are in memory of Albert Glenn and his November 3rd birthday by Charles and Jane Stroud. There is also an arrangement in the vestibule that hopefully you were able to see. If not, we we'll invite you to go back and take a look at that after the service. Uh, this is a result of the falling in love again date night that we had last night. Uh, we had 24 couples that came for the date night last night. We had a lot of fun, a really good meal, and it was a great time. Um, and so we appreciate all of you who came, um, and we look forward to doing this again in the future and hope that we can have even more of you come when, for the next time that we do this. But we do have that back in the vestibule if you would want to go take a look at that. I have a few announcements this morning. Uh, first of all, this morning in our service, we are excited to be ordaining Connie Green as a deacon. We are looking forward to this special time of service this morning, and so we are glad that you're here for that today. As far as Operation Christmas Child goes, our church is a collection site. Uh, we will be helping with the collection of Operation Christmas Child boxes November 13th through 20th. There are sign-up sheets outside of the main office. If you get an opportunity to sign up to help us with the Operation Christmas Child collection, it is much appreciated. We are glad that you are here with us today to worship at Boiling Springs Baptist. My prayer this morning for each of us is that we would open our hearts so that we may feel God's presence. Good morning, everyone. My name is Megan. And my name is Peyton. For God so loved the world, the sparrows and the mountain lions, the fish and the people. For God so loved the world, in success and failure, in sickness and health, in mediocrity and extraordinary. For God so loved the world, Enough to become one of us. Enough to suffer along with us. Enough to offer new life to us. For God so loved the world. Let us worship God. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Our opening hymn is Here I Am to Worship. You'll find the words in your order of service as well as on the screen. So if you would, please stand and join me in singing Here I Am to Worship.
be seated. I invite the children to come forward. How many of you know what this is? What is it? You don't know how to explain it. Well, just what is it then? It's a shoebox. And what do you think we might be going to put in this shoebox come Wednesday night? All this stuff right over here. All the children and all the youth and anybody in church who wants to come on Wednesday night can come and help us stuff these boxes. But James, we've done something kind of special this time. Yeah, we have, haven't we? We put our handprints in there this morning, didn't we? And there's this, a saying on the top of the box and it says, put your hand in mine and we can pray together. So that all these boxes that are going out from the children on Wednesday have something special. And then some of the youth helped last week and they drew car maps. And they've got church and school and home and all kinds of things drawn on these maps. So when the children and we somewhere around the world get this box and they can open it up and they can take your hot wheel wheel that you've given them and they can ride all over the traffic line, can't they? Or they can take their hand and put it right here where James put his hand and they'll know that somewhere there's a child that said a prayer for them and blessed their shoebox. So we can do that specially, can't we, James? We can give away part of us and part of our love and part of our faith in a shoebox and pack it up next Wednesday night and send it far away so that some little boy or girl can have a smile on their face as big as yours is on Christmas morning when you see all your surprises, can't we? There's a verse in the Bible that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave his son to give us the time, the faith, and the love to share with someone else. Join me in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for these children. We thank you for these families and this church. The joy that we feel, we are prepared to share with others. Bless these families, bless this church and the families within it. Keep us safe. In your son's name, amen. Good morning. I want to remind all of our young adults, as Alan mentioned earlier, there'll be a special time this evening, or late afternoon rather, um, directly behind our LEC, there's a dirt road. You go back down that dirt road in case you've never been back in there. We have a scout hut back there. And tonight beginning, or this afternoon, beginning at 4.30 through around 7-ish tonight, uh, we'll have a campfire back there and we'll have s'mores, hot dogs. I know there's some chicken and dumplings coming, which I'm really excited about. Uh, but. Uh, it'll be just a special time for young adults. This could be anybody post high school if you have youth in the home, uh, just roughly, approximate ages. So come if you can. It'll be a great time for this young crowd just to be together and to have fellowship and to get to know one another and to strengthen those relationships. Also on Wednesday, Alan mentioned this very briefly, but we're going to try something. 
and just see how it goes. But Wednesday morning at 11 a.m., now that the time has changed, many of you know, obviously it'll be getting darker this evening and, and from here on out for the rest of the winter. And so uh, beginning this Wednesday at 11 a.m., if you are one that uh, you don't like to get out at night because it's dark and uh, would still like to come to a prayer meeting and Bible study, I'll be offering the same prayer meeting and Bible study that we'll have that evening and what I'll be teaching on, I'll be teaching um, on that at 11 a.m. this Wednesday. We'll meet in the Kerygma room right beside my office and uh, if there are those that gather this Wednesday that would like to go out to eat after the prayer and Bible study, then uh, that opportunity would be there as well for us to enjoy a meal together. But uh, if you are one that you don't like to drive at night but would like to come out to Bible study, join us this Wednesday at 11 a.m. there in the Kerygma classroom. And as Alan said as well, be mindful of our Operation Christmas Child. As Ellen has talked about, our church will be packing boxes this Wednesday. Uh, but Bonnie Dowdy and others need, would love your assistance beginning on Monday, November the 13th, as they pack boxes that will be coming in from churches all over the area. And so please see Bonnie or the sign-up sheet uh, for... Uh, uh, more information on that. Also, just wanted to say a word of congratulations to our very own Elizabeth Pack, who uh, now has, I was going to surprise you with that, who now has her doctorate. So we are proud of you and we're... And it's something to do with leadership and higher education, but I'll just let the, I'll just let the congregation refer to you on that. <laughs> but congratulations. Um, will you join me now in a moment of prayer? Father, we are grateful for your presence here with us today. We are here to worship and we are here to bow down, as the song said, as we sang to you uh, there at the beginning of our worship. Father, we pray that our worship today would be a sweet-smelling aroma to you, that, Lord, you would be pleased with our words, our, our thoughts, the intentions of our hearts. And, Father, we pray that today through this special service that you would be honored in every way, that you would receive all the glory and honor of everything that takes place. Bless the words that are spoken, prayed, sung, preached. And um, Lord, bless Connie as she comes in just a moment. Father, calm her anxieties and just allow her to share what you've done in her life as she reflects back. We are grateful for her and for her future leadership here in the church. We're grateful for all of our deacons and the way that they serve this church and this community. Father, we commit to you each aspect of this service today. We recognize there are many within our congregation who can't be here today because of physical illness. We ask for a special blessing on them at this time. We also understand that there are many here, Lord, who are carrying heavy burdens today, whether they be health burdens, burdens that re in regards to family and relationships or work or friendships. And Father, I pray today that you would meet each one here at the point of their need. God, we're grateful for your presence in our lives. We're grateful for your presence in this church. We now commit these things to you in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, and all of God's people said, amen. Our next hymn is 611, Let Your Heart Be Broken, number 611. If you are able, please stand and join me in singing.
Let us pray together. Our God, we come before you today and we come before you grateful. We're grateful for this church, for the building, for the church family, and for the people that make up this community. God, you have given us more than we deserve. You have given us more than we can handle, and we're grateful for that as well. God, as we come to this point of our service, may each of us here reach into our hearts. May we talk with family, but may we also talk with you about what it is that you would have us give back to this church. And God, as we continue in our service and more importantly, as we leave here today and we go into everyday normal life, help us to give not only with our money, but with our time, with our talents. And may each of us live as the people that you've called us to be. You have called us to go and to serve and to love others above ourselves. May we be a church and may we be individuals who strive to do that daily. It's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen.
Acts 6, verse 1. Now these days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists murmured against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the body of disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, or Prochorus, and Nicanor, or Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands upon them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Now the first disciples, that's a good passage. Good morning. For those of you that do not know me, my name is Connie Goforth Green. My, my husband is Tommy Green. Boiling uh, Springs Baptist is where he grew up, but we actually joined the church here in 1992 uh, when actually our pastor, Carol and Linda Page, former pastor, joined the church. My mother, Kathleen Goforth, is here, and my sister, Kim, a good friend, Sue Reinhardt, is with us, and I appreciate you coming. First of all, I want you to know that I'm honored and I feel privileged to serve God and you in deacon ministry. After I was asked to serve as deacon, I immediately started searching the role of deacon. The word deacon comes from the Greek word dikonos, which means servant. In reading Acts 6, 1 through 4, it was obvious the main role of the first deacon was to serve. The most important qualifications of the first deacons were stated in this way, full of the spirit and wisdom, full of faith of the Holy Spirit, and full of God's grace and power. I told Tommy I wasn't qualified to serve in this position. And as always, he, uh, we talked and he always keeps me steady and grounded. I knew immediately God was speaking to me again as he has many times in my life. And once again, I needed to reevaluate my life and to have a closer relationship with the Lord in order to be his servant. I will continue with the task of seeking and defining the role I need to fill in order to be a deacon to you, my church family, and in service to God. And I ask for your support and prayers. I was so fortunate to be raised in a Christian home. I served on the social services board for nine years and my eyes were opened during this period. It was a shock to me that, to see that everyone didn't have, come from a good home, that they weren't cared and loved for by their parents. I accepted the Lord as my Savior when I was eight years old. My parents were always active in church, and Sundays was always reserved for, for church and visiting grandparents. GAs played an important part in my life, and, I, and this introduced me to the love of missions. My GA leader at Putnam Memorial was Peggy Strickland, who is now deceased, but her love and her guidance to so many young girls will never be forgotten. 
As a leader in the church, you never know the seeds that you are planting and the important role you play in the lives of others. As a young adult, I became active in my uh, church at Pleasant Hill in Shelby, North Carolina, serving as an acting leader, Sunday school teacher, choir member, in various uh, positions. I always loved children, and early on, my plans when married is I wanted to have a biological child and a plan to adopt a child. And I tell you this because of the struggles that I had having children and how my prayers were answered not in my time but in God's time. My first child, Tabitha Sharice, was born prematurely at seven months. She only lived 24 hours. My heart was broken. I didn't think I'd ever recover from the grief of losing my, my baby girl. A year later, I was pregnant again and miscarried, and I felt very inadequate as a woman, and I blamed myself for not being able to have a child. But five years later, I was pregnant again. I had my daughter, Alicia Nicole, um, but I went into labor at seven months with her also. I was um, admitted to the hospital and uh, was told that I'd have to have a complete bed rest for the rest of the time. So uh, the Lord had my full attention. My mom gave me a living Bible for my birthday, and we became great friends. I studied and I prayed for this unborn child. And, and uh, at nine months, she was delivered. She's healthy. She's happy. Later, I adopted a son, Donald. He was five years old. The Lord has blessed me with children. Tommy and I were married in 1989. Now, we have five children and five spouses. We have 10 grandchildren, and they're here with me today. So I was truly blessed, or I am truly blessed, and the Lord does his work in his own time. And I thank them for all being here today. In 2008, I accepted the call to go on a mission trip to India with Carol Page and several others from our church. And looking back, I see now that the Lord was working in my life again, preparing me for one of the darkest times of my life that I would face a year after my mission trip. I've shared pictures in my story before about India. Um, but when I, when I arrived there, I wasn't prepared for what I saw. This was the poorest country I'd ever seen. My heart ached to see the small children rummaging through the trash piles for food to eat. Many children were naked and, and they didn't have clothes to wear and they were hungry for food and water. Their homes were small, maybe an eight by eight foot cement room. And I did see a, uh, a Christmas box in one of the homes that I went to. So those are very important that we're sending out. Some would have a rug, maybe a bed and possibly a chair and many were empty. I was moved by the dedication and love for God that these people in India had. They put themselves in grave danger to open, openly worship. When we walked in the villages, the people would come up to Carol and, and just beg him to pray for them. They believed and answered prayers. While I was in, in India, I started a journal, and each night I would write about the adventures of the day. I would have a prayer time and a, a devotion to prepare myself for the next day. My two weeks in India gave me a closer relationship with the Lord. I felt guilty for having so many things at home, so many material things, and I couldn't believe how relaxed we were and how we took for granted the opportunity to worship and to serve the Lord. Miracles do happen, and these people believed in miracles and they saw them every day. 
My project was to paint a mural in the children's hospital. While working each day, I met several children whom I will never forget. One 11-year-old had leukemia. His parents and grandparents were with him in the hospital. They had asked me to give him a, uh, a Bible storybook. And so I went in and I sat down with, with the boy and I shared the Bible story with him. And then one day when I arrived, he was, the bed was empty. He was gone. They had sent him home to die because they could not treat him any longer. I saw him leave in his little, little rickshaw. I thought if only he had money and he was in America, he could possibly live. Little did I know a year later that I would receive the news that my 11-year-old grandson, Madison, would be diagnosed with the same thing. The trip to Atlanta, Madison's home, was hard. As I traveled, the song, Cast Thy Burdens Upon the Lord, and He Will Sustain You, played over and over in my head. Madison had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's disease, stage four. That day, I walked into the Eggleston Children's Hospital and I was shocked as I passed the rooms. They were filled with children of all ages and they were hooked to IVs, children with no hair, children who cried out in pain as they tried to walk in the halls. There shouldn't be children here, I thought. They should be running and playing outside, but this would be our life for 15 months. I prayed harder than I had ever prayed for anything in my life for this disease to be removed from Madison. Many of you prayed with our family. Most of you prayed with our family for these 15 months. In December, Madison was diagnosed with leukemia. The treatment that he had received for the non-Hodgkin disease had actually caused him to have leukemia. Even the good hospitals and the access to the good doctors and the outcome was the same for Madison as it was for the 11-year-old boy in India. Madison was released to come home. There was nothing else that could be done. The following day, Madison lost his battle with cancer. The following days, weeks, months, I was devastated. What had happened? I just knew he would be healed. I had prayed day and night. I was in shock. I felt like my prayers were not heard, and I felt like I couldn't pray. Even if I did, I didn't think my prayers were heard. I was in a very dark place in my life. I felt the Lord had abandoned me. But slowly I realized it wasn't God who had abandoned me, but I who had chosen to close the doors. The fear and the grief I was suffering was placing a wedge between me and God. And it took time for me to work through this, through my feelings, and time to feel that I could pray to God and know that he would hear me and then I could feel him working in my life again. Seven years has passed since Madison passed away through this time, I have realized how important my church family and others were to me. Deeper friendships were formed and many continue to help others dealing with cancer through the Madison Childhood Cancer Foundation. Tennis Under the Stars was started by Donnie Splone, my, my tennis family, family members and friends the year after Madison died. It's an annual event to raise funds for children and families who are in Eggleston Children's Hospital battling cancer. My daughter and Noah go almost every month taking items for the families. Pillowcases have been made for children in the hospitals by Sherry Cox and Barbara Green, Daphne Bridges and Betty Bridges. Uh, material has been given for this project and there's many people I probably am forgetting to mention, but many have helped. The GA sent new packet 
uh, patient packets. Ellen Lumpers and the, the youth have made bags and blankets and many items to share with children. I truly feel blessed to have had Madison for 13 years and blessed to have had so many of you to express your love and your Christian witness to our family in so many ways. For this and so much more, I say thank you. Psalms 32.8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I'll watch over you. And I claim that promise for my life. The role of deacon is mainly to be a servant. Deacons are called called to hold to the faith, helping those in needs and, and ministering through hospitality and welcoming. A deacon should be an encourager in the church. First Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I look forward to using the gifts God has given me of compassion and service to others while serving in the capacity of deacon. I'm proud to say that the Lord is my shepherd, and he's my savior. He's guided me and he's led me all my life, and I'm thankful to have God in my heart. What a wonderful gift that is available to all of us, and I thank you for the opportunity to serve you as deacon. Thank you, Connie. What you've just done is not easy. For those of you who have done what Connie has done and shared your testimony, you know that um, it's, it's not easy. And Connie, thank you for sharing your story, a powerful story, uh, with us this morning. Very few doctrines are often as misunderstood as the doctrine of deacon and what it means to serve. If I were to ask you this morning what it means to be a deacon and what that looks like, and uh, we would get dozens of answers of what, that, of what that is. Many of you could speak, unfortunately, of stories, and some of which are not necessarily the best stories of you've heard growing up or, or at sometimes experienced uh, in different churches uh, about deacons and their um, maybe misuse of power or their role and how they uh, saw that role as, as a deacon and, and maybe possibly abused that role. Um, I want to publicly affirm our deacons. Uh, these men and women, uh, they are men and women of service, and they each have different skill sets and different gifts that they offer to our church. I know that as a pastor that I can call on any of our deacons at any time about a need within our church or our community, and they will respond in appropriate ways. And I am grateful to serve alongside the deacons that make up the deacons here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. In some places, they're not always about uh, what our deacons are about here. And like I said, in some places, maybe it's they, they focus more on money or they focus more on, on power. Uh, in Wake Forest, they're actually called demons, I understand. Um, but uh, please take that as a joke. Um, but uh, they're, they're, we, could, we could all share our experiences of what it looks like for churches and deacons. Uh, like I said, some are good and some maybe not so much. I know of some churches where the deacons represent authority and discipline, and if you get out of line, you better watch out because here come the deacons. Um, well, what does the Bible say about the office of deacon and the role of deacons? Connie, I appreciate your, not only your testimony, but your words in educating us as well about what a deacon truly is. You mentioned several scriptures and you mentioned the word diakonos, which means service. And I proposed to you this morning, I'm gonna do this very quickly. There are three types of deacons mentioned in the scriptures. Um, first of all, the word diakonos is mentioned probably close to 100 times in scripture in reference to service, but not all those times are in reference to the office of deacon. And so what does that mean for you and I? I propose to you this morning that the first role of deacon in the scriptures is one that is meant for all of us. 
Uh, the word diakonos, and it's, uh, it's meant in relationship to service. Jesus himself in John 12, 26 says, if any man serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If any man serve, serve me, him will my father honor. As believers, we are all called to this type of deacon. If you put your faith and trust in Christ, it's not just the official deacons that have the role of service and we all sit back and watch. But if we are called, we're not called to sit. We're called to serve. And so that sense, we are all deacons in the body of Christ. The other area or the other type of deacon that we could talk about this morning are those that have the spiritual gift of service. Paul talks about in Romans 12, those that have the gift of service. Romans 12, 7, he says, if service or ministry, then in his serving. If teaching, then, then in his teaching. If he exhorteth, then exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. And he goes on and on to talk about the different gifts. And so not only are we all called to serve as Christians, as believers, but some in the body have the special gift of service and they do it with such joy and they respond whenever there's a need they're the first ones to respond uh, to that need but lastly as we've talked about this morning there's the deacon if you will with the big d uh, there are some deacons with the capital d they actually hold the office of deacon deacon category one is called to be servants deacon category two is called to be servants at another level and group three has the meaning changed and all of a sudden now they become rulers or they become some great authority people in the church? No. Um, they're all servants. Why do we need the third group uh, when, when we have the other two? Because the third group is called to be the example to the other two groups. The deacons should be the examples of servants in the church. And I am grateful for the leaders and the deacons, the servants that we have here in this church. More things are caught than taught. And it's my hope and prayer that our leaders, our deacons will continue to be the model deacons, the example deacons of what it looks like to serve this church and our community. Deacons with a capital D, there's a charge for you in this brief message today. You're being called upon not to be perfect, but to strive again to be the models, the model servants. Models in every area of personal and practical life. The scripture that Richard read this morning in Acts 6, verse 7, reminds us of what the results can look like when we do that. Shows us what, what this can look like. In Acts 6, 7, Luke wrote, and the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. What a great responsibility is that of the office of deacon. The Bible calls upon us to lay hands upon those who serve in this capacity. Just recently, when Alan and Mary were ordained, I know some youth, uh, got, it got back to me that some of the youth were saying, I didn't, I didn't know exactly what to say, but I, I went through and I wanted Alan and Mary to know that we love them and that we encourage them. And so I thought I would spend just a, a brief moment this morning reminding us as a church family, as we will all, all of those that feel called to come by and to pray a word over Connie and to lay hands on her this morning. And so we do that to encourage her. We do that to remind her that we are praying for her. We do that to ask for God's wisdom for her, as we've read about in Acts and also in other places as well. When we think about Joshua in the Old Testament and uh, the ceremonial time when uh, Moses and others laid their hands on Joshua. So we do this to not only pray that God would fill her or fill any deacon with wisdom, we do this to pray that God would fill them with the Holy Spirit and God would use them in powerful, in powerful ways. 
And we also do this to bestow upon them spiritual gifts for ministry. First Timothy 4.14, Paul wrote, neglect not the gift that is in you in the laying on of hands. And so we do this this morning, Connie, to affirm you and to encourage you. I shared with her before the service, I know when I was ordained to the ministry and Alan and Mary, I know when they were ordained to the ministry and just recently with some of our deacons over the last few years, they have spoken about the fact that some of the things that people said to them and spoke to them, prayed over them will never ever be forgotten. And those of you who have been ordained either in ministry or to the deacon ministry know uh, what that's like and the humble uh, just the, the humility uh, that, that is in allowing yourself to kneel and to allow others to speak into your life. So just a moment, Connie, we're going to ask you to kneel and we're gonna ask the congregation to come by and to speak that word of encouragement and pray. But first, I would like to invite you to come and join me in the pulpit. We have some questions and Connie will be responding. And the church, in just a moment, I'll ask you a question as well and would ask you uh, to respond with the words, we will the Lord being our helper. We will, the Lord being our helper. So Connie, this church has voted upon you an honor and a great responsibility in selecting you to the office of deacon. Will you accept this responsibility and strive to fill the position to which you are called to promote the interest of the church and to assist the pastor whenever you can do so? I will, the Lord being my helper. And will you also affirm your allegiance to Christ, the church and scriptures? I will. Will you accept the office of deacon in this church and to promote and, and promise faithfully to perform the duties required of this office? I will, the Lord being my helper. And now church, will you, the members of the church, acknowledge and affirm Connie Green as a deacon? Will you esteem her, encourage her, and cooperate with her as she performs the duties of a deacon? Connie, I now charge you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit that you ever strive to fill your office in the best of your knowledge and that you seek divine guidance in all of your work. And I'm going to ask you to make your way down and to kneel at the kneeling bench this morning. And here at Boiling Springs, we have a tradition that I absolutely love is that if you uh, feel called to come and to pray, not just our ordained deacons and ministers, but if you feel called and led upon the Lord to come and to pray and to speak a word of encouragement to Connie this morning, you are encouraged to do so. Uh, we will come down uh, the aisle to my right, to your left, and then go back up this side. But let's take a moment now and um, uh, let this be a holy and sacred time as we uh, participate in the ordination of Connie Green.
If you would, please stand and we'll join in prayer. Gracious God, we rejoice that you have called Connie to the ministry of service as a deacon and that you have called all of us to be your people in this time and place. Help us as a congregation to fulfill the mission to which you call us as we seek to know what faithfulness requires of us. Strengthen the resolves that Connie and we have made today. Uphold Connie with hope and encouragement that she may endure every frustrating difficulty and may celebrate every moment of service and ministry opportunities. May she be faithful to serve, ready to teach, and constant in advancing your gospel. Fill this congregation with your loving spirit that each may work together harmoniously and continue strong and steadfast in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. For we ask these things in his name. Amen. I want to invite you to find a hymnal and turn to page 317. We'll be singing the hymn, Only Trust Him. And uh, I invite you this morning, or challenge you, ask you this morning, have you put your faith and trust in Christ? Maybe there are areas that you would like to serve, but as you begin to think about your own walk with the Lord, you know that you need to make that first step of service, and that is to follow him in obedience and to put your faith and trust in him for salvation. If that was you this morning, I invite you to come, but if you need to come this morning desiring prayer in another area, or maybe you desire to, uh, to talk with me about church membership, I invite you to come as we sing 317, Only Trust Him.
before we leave, I uh, just want to say a word, Connie, if you'll join me up here this morning. I want to bestow upon you a wonderful book by our very own Dr. Alice Cullinan and also, uh, in, in, a, in some sense, our very own Keith Dixon from, from many years ago. But this is Nuts and Bolts of Deacon's Ministry, and it's a wonderful book. I've looked to it as a pastor. I know many of our deacons have this book and look to it as well. And so I want to present you that this present you the book this morning and also a certificate of ordination. And uh, I look forward to serving with you. And um, let's get going. Let's get started. Sounds good. Thank All you. right. Well, we love you. Thank you.